Welcome on into Moving the Chains, episode 15. Can't believe we've done this many. We've been doing it since August. I'm Amit Malik, host of the Northwestern Football Podcast, joined this week by my WNUR friends around the country, Parker Johnson in North Carolina and Noah Kaufman in Chicago, still at home base. How are you guys doing today? Doing, doing well, Amit, you know. Got, what was a tough, tough loss for uh, Northwestern tonight and on the basketball court, but... You know, we, we can shift our focus and talk about football a little bit. Yeah, I think Oklahoma might be in the rare air of having a collegiate basketball and football player of the year. I don't know if that'll hold up, but that would certainly be something. Noah, how are you doing in Chicago? I'm doing pretty well. You know, yeah, a, a tough loss, but I'm looking forward to the Music City Bowl. That's all I got to say. I admit. Let's, let's get that. <laughs> I think that's a good point to start with. Uh, it's bowl season here. Um, Some may say meaningless exhibition games, as one Will Greer will say, but uh, it's the fun end to a season for a lot of good and some not-so-good football teams. But Northwestern will be playing in the Music City Bowl on December 29th in Nashville against uh, SEC team in Kentucky. We're going to be talking a lot about that one, really giving you all you need to know ahead of that matchup. We'll have that game on the air on Friday, Will Austin Will Greer and Austin Miller on the call. And then we're going to talk about the rest of the big bowl games left, and we'll have some predictions in a fun little competition. So, guys, let's get into it. Start with this Kentucky game. Um, You know, why don't you guys tell me all we need to know about Kentucky, the season they had, kind of what they do, just what type of football team are the Wildcats facing? Uh, So, Kentucky, I mean, this is a team that's that's struggled a lot this season. You know, they they finished 7-5. and But a lot of games which they, they won that they should have lost, some close games against not very good teams. They started off the season almost losing, really should have lost a game to Southern Miss, um, who's actually, who actually finished, had a pretty strong year. Um, a good win against South Carolina, uh, but they lost to Florida, a bad Florida team. Usually that's not a bad loss this year. It's a pretty bad loss. Uh, big loss to Mississippi State. They eked out a couple of wins against Missouri and Tennessee. Um but then finish the season losing three out of four against Ole Miss, Georgia, and Louisville. So I, this, is, this is an up and down Kentucky team. They won a lot of, they got a, a lot of close game luck. Um, uh, won won all of their won, won all but two of their one score games. Uh, so this they were they're they're getting pretty lucky. And this is a this is a pretty run centric team on the whole. You know they they uh, in terms of offense they focus a lot on Benny Snell Jr. Uh, who had 256 carries this year. For 1,318 yards, he's a he is a great back. He's the bell cow back. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, Snell had 884 yards after contact this year, which is uh, a great number. 31 missed tackles forced. Again, that's from Pro Football Focus College. Uh, 18. I mean, this guy scored 18 touchdowns. He's the focal point of their offense, kind of a bowling ball back, and it all runs off of him offensively. Uh, Steven Johnson is a senior quarterback. He had a pretty decent year. 170 for 280 uh, completions attempts for 2,048 yards, 10 touchdowns, four picks. So he had a he had a pretty good year, but they don't really go to that pass too much when they when they need a couple yards, they're going to the run, uh, and that's where they've had most of their success offensively. So yeah, that, offensively, that's 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 where it's at for Kentucky. And I have to say, I think that plays into the hands of Northwestern too. I mean, that's a team that we've seen has struggled sometimes against some of the better passers that they've faced but ultimately has been a very good team stopping the run on defense. So I think I think if you're if you're Northwestern looking at 
the te- the Kentucky attack that you're going to be seeing, knowing that it's very ground heavy, knowing that they only average a little bit over 200 yards per game in the air. I think Northwestern has to like that matchup, and and they're going to favor themselves defensively. Yeah, and then uh, defensively, this this Kentucky team uh, did struggle a little bit, uh, especially uh, through but both through the air on the ground, really. Uh, in in SNP plus rushing defense, they were 93rd, and passing defense, they were 95th. So this this is a team that's that's very that's very vulnerable um, defensively to a Northwestern team that came on strong. Uh, especially down the stretch um, on the offensive side. Justin Jackson will certainly get his opportunities. We know he will in this one. Uh, and Clayton Thorson will have a chance to expand on some some pretty pedestrian end-of-season stats. Uh, a couple keys is in the pass rush, Josh Allen, junior linebacker. He's 6'5", uh, and he has seven sacks on the year. So you got to watch out for him uh, coming off the edge. Um, he, he's the, and, and he's joined by Denzel Ware, who is the, uh, a six, two junior, also a junior defensive end. And he has six and a half sacks on the year. So that's kind of the, the twins in terms of the pass rush. Um, and, and they have Mike, that, they I mean, have Mike Edwards. Mike Edwards is really Mike good. Edwards is another key safety. The he's safety a, he was SEC all first team, only Kentucky player to do that. Uh, Four th- interceptions on the year. Yeah, I think so. looking up, uh, Snell was very upset on Twitter that he didn't uh, he didn't get that. But um, yeah, he, you you could definitely argue there was, there was a case for him. But I think Chubb got it, and someone else did. But Mike Edwards is very good as well. I think this is a good Kentucky defense. And before we keep going, no, the other thing I wanted to add about their schedule, um, they didn't have to play Auburn or Alabama in the SEC. They went four and four in conference. So. Despite being, you know, a seven and five team, you know, I think all things considered, it's a pretty like run of the mill Kentucky team. They're not that talented. Do they have to play LSU as well? I, I'm. They uh, they did not have to play. Yeah, LSU. so they didn't have to play. They got some really good matchups. Three of the top teams in the conference. Do they have to play Georgia as well? I don't even know if they had to play. They Georgia. did have to play Georgia. No, they, they lost. Play Georgia. They lost they pretty badly. Two to thirteen. Well. They're in the they're in the SEC East, so they hadn't played Georgia. But if you look yeah. at the SEC West teams that they played, they played Missouri. Well, no, they're in the East. Just kidding. They played Mississippi State and Ole Miss as their two SEC West games, and that, I mean that yeah, that's just not they high got, competition. They got Missouri. blown out by Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. I, so, mean, I mean, they got demolished by Louisville. This is not, you know, this team has struggled a lot, especially yeah. down the stretch. Yeah, and you. I mean, here's my question: is is what is what is their best win? I mean, I'm looking I think at their win. Beating well, South Carolina is is a good win. South Carolina is yeah. a good win because South Carolina, I mean, they're 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 a solid team, I think. And then, and that game was in Columbia as well, so you give me yeah, a little bit yeah. of credit for that. Missouri's a good win. That's a team that closed the season strong uh, after Missouri. Uh, after after Missouri lost to them, they they didn't lose another game the rest of the season. I don't believe so. Looked like. Not much then, but now Missouri seven and five bowl team, so that's another solid win. Yeah, and then Tennessee, a close Tennessee win, uh, has aged poorly because Tennessee has had, you know, probably their worst season in in a long time. So a lot of their wins, you know, you look at where they racked up their wins early in the season. Their non-con, Southern Mississippi, Eastern Kentucky, neither of them were impressive wins either. Those are those are both kind of bad, and then. They played Louisville at the end of the season in a ACC SEC matchup, yeah. and they lost that one pretty badly. So this is a this and, is not a great football team. They also got a close win over Eastern Michigan that they really should have lost. I don't know if you guys remember that game, Week Five. 
they edged an Eastern Michigan team that they really should have lost to. That Southern Miss game, they really should have lost to. I mean, that's actually a decent Southern Miss team who uh, who were they were playing at Southern Miss as well, which is kind of kind of weird but I, I mean those are two games that they easily could have lost to two one possession games that they got a couple breaks in down the stretch so yeah this Kentucky team has had some certainly some schedule luck and back back to the defense just for a second I mean yeah Mike Edwards has had a great year uh 68 and a half tackles four four uh interceptions and and I talked about those two guys coming off the edge uh in terms of the pass rush uh in Josh Allen and Denzel Ware but this team has struggled uh two to consistently cover the pass. Now, my, I mean, Mike Edwards is a good player, but he's a safety. There's only so much that one safety can do, as we've seen at times with the North, with Northwestern's own uh, Sterling safeties. Their their cornerbacks have have struggled a lot in terms of coverage. I think that Clayton Thorson is going to be able to, uh, to to punish, should be able to punish Kentucky through the year, a team that has struggled against the pass a lot this year. And if you're looking at the schedule, too, I mean, last note I would say about the schedule is that they finished the season – two and four or, you know, one and three, if you look at the last four games. So definitely not on any sort of hot streak. If you're looking at it right now versus a Northwestern team that won its last seven games of the season. I think you just look at that simple comparison and and you can see after looking through a lot of these things, why Northwestern is probably should be heavily favored in this game. Yeah. I mean, all things are pointing to Northwest or Kentucky kind of sliding into this game. Northwestern looking good. And Northwestern, you know, is a ranked football team. They're 21st in the country. And Kentucky, you know, they're an average Power 5 team. They're in the SEC, but they're not a lot of pedigree behind this football team. This is a game Northwestern should be favored to win. And then you kind of flip it. We talked a little bit about the offense. Obviously, it all runs through Benny Snell. Steven Johnson is a is a pretty mediocre quarterback. If I, I, I yeah, he's a serviceable. He he runs a lot. He's got 535 rushing yards on the year. You know, you could expect a little bit of a dual threat from him, but he he doesn't throw that great. He had two 2,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, four interceptions. I think Northwestern is going to have to stack the box and force Kentucky to throw the ball. And their secondary, I think it's going to be a big matchup for them, but they could they could win this matchup, I think. Yeah, and you especially got to – because – because Johnson is at his best when he has that threat to run. I mean, he's he's a naturally dual threat guy. He's a very fast guy, averaging about seven yards per carry this year. If you if you stack that box and you take away both the design quarterback run and start to eliminate Benny Snell, then you kind of take away options. And when you force Johnson to when you force Johnson to pass, and when you force and when you when you know that passes are coming from him, that's when he really struggles. They 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 rely on being able to get into good passing situations. And when they're behind the chains, that's that's when they've struggled so far. So you, you again, you know, Johnson can do some things with his legs. He can do some things with the arm. When you stack when you stack up Snell on first down, second down, when you get them behind the chains, this this team has struggled. I think that's fair to say. Um, offensively for them as well, their receiving core, uh, nothing too special. There, uh, they have no player with more than four touchdowns this year. C.J. Conrad leads them in touchdowns. Uh, he's averaging, oh geez, 18 yard or sorry, 18 yards per catch, 18 yeah. yards per catch, 26 yards per game. Their highest, uh, yards per game is Garrett Johnson, 40 yards per game. So, you know, they have a lot of players that get maybe a few catches a game, but no, no really go to option. So I think that, you know, that also favors Northwestern in this one. 
Uh, last note on them, I think, just about their team before we get into maybe the specific matchup, is that their kicking uh, kicking game is very solid. Uh, Austin McGinnis is very good, has hit six 50-plus yard field goals this season and eight from 40 to 49. So um, that's actually and even that's one of the more punt- impressive stat lines in the country for him. And the punter, Matt Panton, you know, he's been good too. Uh, like to talk about punters, senior. He's put 16 punts inside the 20 with only three touchbacks this year. So pretty good uh, pretty good punter, averaging 43 yards per kick, pretty solid at the FBS level. So special teams is a plus for Kentucky for sure. Yeah, and if you think about Northwestern too, I mean, it's a team we've seen a lot this year that they, they go for fourth down all the time, don't have a lot of confidence in Kuban or the kicker. And because of that, Northwestern, you know, if Kentucky does find a way to get field goals on offense, Northwestern's going to have to match that with touchdowns because, as we've seen, they don't always go for the field goals. And if they can't make it off the field and, you know, end up turning it over on downs, but Kentucky's still getting three every time, that could be dangerous for Northwestern if it becomes a low-scoring game. I think that's that's another good point, Parker. One last thing here is that the weather is expected to be pretty bad in Nashville. I know Fitz always said at his press conference, just want to go somewhere warm and play a bowl game. Expected to be 40 degrees or so and kind of rainy and windy in Nashville on game day. So that, that could certainly play a factor as well. I mean, it won't necessarily be anything Northwestern or Kentucky isn't ready for, but sometimes you hope you're playing in a little bit of a, a warmer weather bowl game. Um, very quickly here, running through these matchups, you look at offense versus defense, Northwestern's offense versus Kentucky's defense, who holds the edge, and then you can do the flip of that also. I mean, I think Northwestern has the edge in both, if you ask me. I mean, obviously we're a bit biased, but, you know, Northwestern, there's a reason they're a top 25 football team. Thorson, Justin Jackson, the offense, I think has an advantage over Kentucky's defense, who's given up a lot of points to the few good offenses that they have faced. And, uh, and, and as far as Kentucky's offense goes, Northwestern's best strength on defense is stopping the run. And that's what Kentucky's best at. So I, I, I'd say advantage goes to Northwestern both ways. I just I think both of them are good matchups. I would pref- I do like Northwestern's offense against Kentucky's defense, just because I think Kentucky has struggled. I mean, again, I, I've said it I've said it before. This is a middling defense against most of the pass and the run. They have standout players. We've talked about it. But this 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 team is not a team that's gonna consistently be able to stop Justin Jackson and Clayton Thorson. Uh, let alone either individually. So I I do think this uh, their offense matches up. Just uh, you, you know, giving Pat Fitzgerald time to scheme or make McCall time to scheme. Pardon me, and and just get guys in open space. And I think that Northwestern just has that advantage, um, especially in terms of speed over this Kentucky defense at, as a whole. But I think the off they, they match up well with Kentucky's offense as well. I mean, the run defense has been the best part of this team. Their interior guys are the key guys. It's it's Tyler Lancaster. It's Patty Fisher. It's been that way this whole year uh, in terms of stopping the run. Even even Godwin Week Kyle Cairo, those guys are getting in, stopping the run. So Northwestern can, can stop the run first like they've done this whole year. I think they're going to have a lot of success against Kentucky uh, Kentucky's offense as well. Now, Benny Snell could break, could break free, could get some big gains. Uh, we've seen it happen in Northwestern in the past, but the the biggest thing that's hurt Northwestern's defense this year has been big, uh, big outings by receivers. We saw it against Michigan State. Uh, I don't even remember that guy's name. Hey, man, he just had that crazy one-off outing. DJ Moore had a crazy outing. Uh, Tyler Johnson, uh, yeah, DJ Moore had a crazy outing. I, I, I think that 
this team is is susceptible to to big games from wide receivers and quarterbacks. They haven't really shown that they're susceptible to big games from running backs, and that's how Kentucky's won offensively. So honestly, I think the only matchup that Kentucky wins here is special teams because their kicker is really good and their punter is really good. Uh, I just, I mean, obviously anything can happen. Northwestern struggled in bowl games under Pat Fitzgerald in the past. Uh, bowl games are crazy. Weird stuff goes down. Uh, and special teams does play a bigger factor, I'd say, in bowl games than in regular matchups often. But I just think on both sides of the ball, Northwestern has a, a distinct advantage, and Kentucky's strengths kind of play in Northwestern's strengths. And certainly Northwestern has experience stopping the run they faced. Uh, Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in the country, if not the best other than Bryce Love, and they held him to a pretty quiet game. His biggest <clears throat> run came after Patty Fisher left the game. And they did a decent job against Wisconsin's run uh, run game. Isaiah Taylor, one of the talented players over there. Um, to wrap up very quickly, I know it sounds like we all think that Northwestern's going to win this game. Give me a scoreline, a prediction to wrap this up. Well, they're saying it's going to be a pretty sloppy affair. Uh, Northwestern has succeeded in those kind of affairs before, like the uh, in those kind of games before. We saw with Minnesota just a couple weeks ago. I think this one's going to stay relatively low scoring. I think Northwestern's going to take it 28 to 17. I'm going to go 31, 17 Northwestern. I have a little closer than that. I have it at 24, 19, but who knows? Uh, could be a, could be a bigger scoreline than that. We'll see. Um, moving on to the rest of the bowl games. Uh, this is that time of year, college football. All the regular season games are done. It's just these one-off affairs. A lot of fun. Let's talk about the games so far. Maybe a little bit less fun than the games to come. Just give me your big picture takeaways from bowl season interview, including today, if you want. Hasn't been a lot of great matchups, but there's uh, been some you know fun performances from one team. Yeah, I mean, there's been some fun, kind of like some fun happenings more. I mean, I just enjoy bowl season for all the uh, idiosyncrasies, you know, like playing a game out in the Bahamas in front of 300 people. If, if anybody woke up with, with me at 1130 to watch that uh, central time, that is. And then, you know, today's Wyoming Central Michigan game. I don't know if you guys tuned in, but that was one of the nastiest color schemes I've ever seen. Both teams oh, wearing gross. bright, it was bright so yellow and brown with the blue turf. Oh. But like, that's the kind of thing that I, that I come, especially in these early bowl games. I mean, Look, these games were not a lot of fun to watch. Florida Atlantic beat Akron fifty to three. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, Louisiana Tech beat SMU fifty one to ten. These were not very fun games, but uh, I have enjoyed watching it because I enjoy watching college football. Um, some interesting, like just some interesting dynamics going on in these games. There were a couple of nice, uh, interesting ones. Marshall Colorado State was fun. Middle Tennessee Arkansas State was fun, but I mean, especially from these first two weeks of bowl games, I'm not usually looking for like some phenomenal football. You know what I'm saying? And hey, don't sleep on Marshall. I mean, you mentioned it, Noah, but I, I saw that they uh, they have the longest bowl winning streak in the country uh, of any team in wow. in the FBS. They they wow. won six in a row. Um, so so don't sleep on the thundering herd. You know those 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 bowl games early can can make a big difference. And you know schools get money every time they win a bowl game, and uh, it's paying off for Marshall. I do think there there really isn't much else to say about these bowl games. It's been pretty quiet. Boise State, the only ranked team so far to play, beat Oregon. They got up early. Oregon made the scoreline a little bit closer at the end, cut it to 10. But I think the other big thing, at least ESPN thought it was a big thing, Lane Kiffin got a lot of screen time for that FAU, hammering Akron. Good for him. Congrats. Did you see uh, GT? They went for two at the end yeah, of the game. and he did – 
it, that's actually a pretty funny story. The guy, some they, Akron guy, you can tell it, Noah. Go ahead. The, apparently, uh, some Akron official was talking trash to Lane the day before the game, and so Lane resolved that uh, he would he would make him pay for it, and so he went for two really late, uh, really late, just to uh, kind of run up the score a little bit yeah, on that. <laughs> they were up by almost 30. Whoever he was. Or she, I guess. Uh, I love that little bit of... One other thing I would throw in on uh, on bowl season so far was game the game today, uh, the Wyoming game. You know, Josh Allen looked pretty good. He's one of those those quarterbacks contending for uh, potentially being the top quarterback in the class with Sam Darnold and uh, Josh Rosen. And as a team, as a, or sorry, as a person who roots for a uh, an, an NFL team in the Broncos that have had a rough season and have a big hole at the quarterback spot. Um, I've definitely been paying closer attention to, to some of those quarterback play than, than, than uh, I guess other people may have early on in bowl season, but Josh Allen looked pretty good. And personally, I haven't been super sold on uh, Darnold or Rosen. So I was impressed with Josh Allen. Yeah. Personally, I was not impressed by him outside of today. Today he was great, but the reason why is that his offensive line is actually atrocious. And he today, Made up more than made up for it. He was he was really excellent. Um, I remember first game of the year. He had a lot of hype playing Iowa, and uh, he turned out a stinker through two interceptions. But he's very quietly had, you know, not a great statistical season. But if you watch him, he can make all the throws. It'll be really interesting to see where he goes in the draft. Um, you might have a point there that he he could be better than Donald Rosen. I don't know what NFL teams are thinking, but we'll see if they, you know, are willing to take a risk on a non-Power 5 player. Um, moving on from that, I think you guys covered everything so far in the bowl review. We have a lot of great bowls left. We have a good slate to talk about. What I want to do is set it up so that you guys get a minute to each to talk about all these games we have on the list. You guys can mention them when you talk about them. And also make a prediction. I'll keep track of the predictions. The way this works, it's going to be a little a little competition here between you two. Whoever gets the most predictions right out of these 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 bowl games plus the college football playoff, which would be 3. So make that 13 if my math holds up. Whoever gets more picks right out of these 13 will get a small prize. Um, rumors are saying it is a Northwestern hat. Could be true. We'll see. I'm really excited for some fun bowl games and some good prediction, guys. So take it away. Just tell me why you're picking the team you're picking, what you're expecting out of the game. You know, a minute is a soft limit. Feel free to go under a little bit, over a little bit. Just want to open it up to you guys for the rest of this podcast. I'll chime in when I want to. So we just pick our own ten games, whatever, whatever ten games. No, do, do? do you have the rundown? Do you have the rundown, Noah? Oh, I gotta open that up. All right, Parker, you go first. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, <laughs> well, I'll how about Parker just goes first for each one, and then Noah can say what he wants. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because just, normally I would have apprehensions about the picking, but Noah, I feel like you have opinions on these games either way. So we'll 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 let your opinion shine through. We're gonna start with the Foster Farms Bowl. Uh, Parker, I guess you have to go first. I don't know if you wanted to, but you're the elder oh, statesman, so such is life. Fine, fine with me. Um, I think a lot of these will probably be uh, be quick, quicker from me. Um, perhaps Noah can give a little more insight. But Foster Farms Bowl is going to be Arizona and Purdue. Um, as far as that game is considered, you know, I'm I I saw Northwestern play Purdue. Uh, I wasn't very excited by that this year. Other than that, haven't really watched Purdue play at all. 
have watched Arizona play a few times. Khalil Tate is really fun to watch. So I'll pick Arizona in that one. And I don't really think Purdue is, is going to shock anybody in this one. Yeah, Purdue's, look, Purdue's a fine team. Uh, they, they've had some success this year, especially uh, defensively. Brom has had some some good some good schemes that he's drawn up. They they got a couple of couple of good wins this year. They looked really good at the start of the year. They've kind of faded a little bit down the stretch. Um, but look, Khalil Tate has dusted every team he's played. I don't see any reason why he won't dust Purdue. Some speculation with Jeff Brom's job, uh, maybe that he would move on to a bigger school. Maybe that's messing with Purdue's head a little bit. I don't really think it matters. This Arizona team is a tough matchup, especially with just the immense speed of Khalil Tate. I don't think Purdue can match up with it. I think Arizona is going to take it as well. All right. So the next bowl we're talking about is the Pinstripe Bowl. Of course, Northwestern was there last year up in Yankee Stadium. Iowa taking on Boston College, an interesting ACC versus Big Ten matchup. Iowa's been pretty up and down this year. Um, I'm excited by this by this Boston College team. I've seen them play a few games this year. Saw them, uh, saw them go out and play really well against Florida State. I think I think I'm gonna pick. I don't know if it's really an upset. Um, I don't I don't know what the lines are in these games, but I'm gonna pick Boston College in this one uh, to beat beat a team in Iowa that that kept Ohio State out of the college football playoff. I think they might have a chance to have a little bit more of a home crowd, uh, being being the, that the bowl game is in New York. Don't um, sleep and, on the Iowa fans though; they will travel. Oh, you're right. You're definitely right. I don't right I don't about know that. about BC's uh, fan base, but it, even though they are closer. A very a very fair point, um, Amit. As as we well know as Northwestern fans, uh, Iowa does travel. Um, but I'm going to go with Boston College in that one. Um, I think they can pull a little bit of an upset. Um, I think Iowa's looked really good this year when they've had like time to really focus on a game. That Ohio State game, they were able to really get it together and focus on it. I don't remember if they were coming off a bye week or not, but they clearly spent a lot of energy on that game. I think they lost their next two after that. Um, they had a tough loss to Northwestern. But I think Akron Wadley and Nathan Stanley have looked good this year. I think especially with a week off to prepare, Stanley's going to look good. This is a good Boston College team. Uh, this is not your typical 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five Boston College team. They have some really good wins. They started off the season 2-4, and four, but since then, won five out of their last six. So I am a little bit worried about this pick, uh, especially after the, the, the whooping that they gave out to, uh, to both Florida State and Virginia. But I am still going to stick with Iowa. I think Stan- Nate Stanley is going to show up and 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 throw Iowa to a big win over Boston College. It should be a good one, though. I'm excited for that game. More excited than I should be, really. One other thing I would add on that game, too, is that this just feels like one of those games where Boston College has so much more to play for than Iowa to me. And that's part of what goes that's in fair. the pick as well. You know, it's kind of a resurgent program versus an Iowa team that, as you mentioned, kind of puttered down the stretch after having that one big performance against Ohio State. So... That's part of the reason for that pick as well. Um, the next the next game is the Camping World Bowl, uh, Virginia Tech and Oklahoma State. Interesting matchup. Virginia Tech kind of in the top top twenty five for a lot this this year. Um, never never really produced that big win um, that they needed to kind of jump into that upper echelon. And then Oklahoma State was a really good team this year. High powered offense as always, subpar defense as always. Um, but then you know they the only the only teams they really lost to were TCU. And uh, Oklahoma, so I don't know. I'd have to go with Oklahoma State in this one. I think Virginia Tech was a little bit of a pretender this year, if I'm being honest. Um, people got really excited about their win over Tennessee really early in the season because we thought Tennessee was going to be good, and they weren't. Um, I think Virginia Tech is just a little bit of an overrated team, so I would go with Oklahoma State in that one. Um, I also think Virginia Tech is a bit overrated. 
I want to pick them. They have a good passing defense to match up with Mason Rudolph and by far the best facet of Oklahoma State, which is their passing offense. But I do think, I mean, Rudolph has just shown, even in games they've lost, I mean, he looks phenomenal against Oklahoma. He looked good against TCU. Uh, I think he's just, he's really good. People, people have not thought a lot recently about this Oklahoma State team because their loss to Oklahoma was, feels like a while ago. I think it was an early game, like like a like a month and a half or so ago. So even though it was near the end of the season, it was kind of a while ago. And since then, they've been out of the national conversation. But I think this is still a good Oklahoma State team. Virginia Tech played a lot of close games with a lot of mediocre teams. Um, uh, a, a not a great loss to Georgia Tech uh, near this near the close of the year. Haven't shown a lot to inspire any confidence in me. Um, especially recently, I don't think they can keep up with Oklahoma State. I do think Mason Rudolph. And Oklahoma State are going to take it as well. All right. So next bowl we'll talk about is the Holiday Bowl, and that is Washington State taking on Michigan State. Um, You know, these are two teams that are kind of in that second tier in each of their respective conferences, Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Um, And those are two two conferences that, you know, didn't didn't necessarily have the best seasons. But that being said, um, a pretty interesting matchup between these two teams. Obviously, Washington State got that air raid style with Luke Falk and Mike Leach um, on the sidelines. And then Michigan State, much much more old-fashioned type of team. Who, who do you think comes out of this one, Noah? Um, this, is, this is another really tough one. Look, Washington, Washington State, uh, some bad losses this year. Lost 37-3 to a bad Cal team. That was just, oh, that was not good. I remember watching that game. I mean, I, I, I like Cal. I like rooting for Cal, so I was, I was enjoying it, but... I mean, and then and then a twenty-one point loss to Arizona got blown out in the Egg Bowl by Washington. So it's it's tough for me to pick Washington State, even though they have this high-powered offense. But it's also tough for me to pick Michigan State because they have also shown just just some bad games this year. Now they look that Northwestern game. It was pretty lucky for Northwestern to come out of that one in three overtimes. But I mean, losing forty-eight to three, even though it was to a good Ohio State team, forty-eight to three is forty-eight to three. But this Michigan State team has shown that they can show up. Um, in other in big games, even though they had that one stinker uh, against Ohio State, they beat Penn State by three. They beat Michigan by four. Um, I, I do think that Michigan State's going to come out with this one. Although I I really don't want to pick either of these teams. I think I think both of them have been really inconsistent this year. Yeah, that's how I felt as well. I, I kind of passed it off to you because I did again also didn't really want to pick either of these teams. Um, but I will go with Washington State just because you picked Michigan State. Make it a little more interesting. Um, so I don't know. I think Washington State. You know, it's one of those where with the bowl game, a guy like Mike Le- Leach could just get excited, throw all the stops out. Um, you know, do 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 whatever he wants with that air raid offense. And sometimes that that works in bowl games. And they they might put up fifty. You never know. They could also definitely lose to Michigan State. But uh, I'll just go with Washington State uh, just for fun in that one. I think we can Next see we'll go some, some interesting trick plays from Mike Leach's offense in this yeah. one. Um, I'm kind of with that you guys. These these are two good teams, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm that excited to watch this game compared to even some of the worst teams playing just because both of these teams had really frustrating seasons. They could have been a lot better. Yeah, I like, I like games like this where it's kind of like two completely different strategies going against each other. <laughs> That's why I like that Oklahoma State Virginia Tech game. Like, neither team has really played a team like the other team this whole year. So, I think that should be interesting at least. Yeah, it could be a fun matchup of styles. I don't know, but um, next game we're talking about is the Cotton Bowl, 
USC and Ohio State. Interesting matchup here. Um, almost like a de facto Rose Bowl of sorts, considering the Rose Bowl this year is one of the playoff games and will feature a Big 12 team and an SEC team. I'm, um, I'm so this, just a note on that. I don't like that they use the Rose Bowl in the playoff. I kind of like the Rose Bowl being oh, completely agree. the Big 10, Pac-12 best teams that aren't in the playoff. So I think they should have just put the maybe switched the names. I don't know. I uh, would like some consistency yeah. with that. Oh, I completely agree with that one. I think it's weird. I like As I read the teams, I thought it was the Rose Bowl, and then I was like, nope, this is the Cotton Bowl, and it's going to be in Texas, which is weird. Um, but yeah, USC, Ohio State, um, I don't know. I, I, th- I think for this one, for me, it's pretty easy. I think USC, you know, they look good, but the Pac-12 was kind of a poor conference this year. Personally, I'm not a huge believer in Sam Darnold. Um, I think I think he's been hyped up a lot, and the times that I've watched him play, I haven't been that impressed. Their running back has actually been their most impressive player to me this season in the times I've watched them play. Um, and that said, I think Ohio State is just overall a much more talented team. And I think they kind of have something to prove as well, just in terms of they feel like they should have been in the playoff. Um, I know USC kind of had an outside case for it, but they were never really that serious about it, whereas Ohio State um, would have been the next team in, I think. So I think Ohio State has something to prove here. Better overall team. I'll take the Buckeyes. Yeah, I think I think people – I mean, USC closed out the season with five straight wins, but those last four wins were all by two scores or less against four – not great teams. I mean, Stanford was highly ranked, especially closing out the season. But I, I, I just don't think Stanford was that good of a team. They barely beat Stanford um, with a hobbled Bryce Love. I, I do, I just think this USC team did not inspire my confidence a lot to close the season. Meanwhile, Ohio State uh, with a solid win over Michigan, a solid win over Wisconsin, a solid win over Penn State. Look, they, they've won, they've won uh, ten out of their last eleven, I believe. Yeah, ten out of their last eleven. The Iowa game wasn't great. It was, it was a big, it was it was a big a big loss. But this is an Ohio State team that's had a lot of success, uh, both running and passing the football. Uh, JT Barrett has had a huge bounce back year. I think people still sleep on him a lot. Uh, and and USC's defense has really struggled, especially against the run. They have not uh, had a lot of a lot of success against the run so far this year. And I do think Ohio, that's something that Ohio State. Uh, can exploit. J.K. Dobbins, the freshman, has been phenomenal. If it weren't for Jonathan Taylor on Wisconsin, I mean, I think he'd be the freshman of the year. 181 carries for 1,364 yards and seven touchdowns. That's seven and a half yards per carry. The dude is a beast. With J.T. Bear running the ball all the time, too. Mike Weber back there still. Uh, Mike Mike Weber still there. Uh, I mean, not still. He was a freshman last year, but now all of a sudden he's the third guy in this backfield. This is just a stacked Ohio State team. Their backfield is stacked. I, I just can't quite see USC keeping with them. Now, again, crazy stuff could happen, but I really like Ohio State in this one. Yeah, I think talent-wise, Ohio State is one of the best teams in the country. The problem with them is they kind of had an on-off switch. I don't know yeah. if intentionally or not, but they just didn't show up to that Iowa game, kind of ruined their season. Uh, and They didn't show up to the other one they lost. I'm forgetting the other team. They, Oklahoma. 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 Yeah, that was early in the season. Oklahoma's a good team, though. And Oklahoma played well in that game. Yeah, so uh, not don't want to take away from Oklahoma, but the Iowa game, the clinch didn't show up. I think they mentally weren't there. This is a very good Ohio State team. I'm, I'm with you guys on this one. All right, next game, Fiesta Bowl. Uh, this is I feel like this is annually one of my favorite bowl games. I don't know. They tend to draw good teams. Um, although I will say, this matchup, not as enticing to me. Washington and Penn State, um, 
I think I'm going to go with Washington in this one. I'm not super convinced by that, um, but they dominated Washington State in the Apple Cup, and I don't know. Penn State just kind of disappeared down the stretch. I, I feel like they had their big games early in the season, um, and they didn't do enough, you know, to get into the to the Big Ten championship game. And I kind of just forgot about them because Saquon Barkley, you know, kind of fell off the map a little bit as as the season went on. Originally was the front runner for the Heisman, um, and kind of starting with Northwestern, actually, he 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 had a few, you know, poorer performances at least by his standards towards the end of the season. So I'm going to go with Washington this one. This game doesn't really excite me a whole lot, but I don't know. What do you think, Noah? Um, I think that's exactly what it is. I think Penn State, you talked about how Penn State kind of closed it out quietly, and I think that's what's going to help them here. They closed out their season with Rutgers, Nebraska, Maryland. Three easy, easy wins, although they made the Nebraska game closer than it had to be. But, I mean, their offense put up 35, 56, and 66 in those games. Meanwhile, Washington had to close it out. They had Stanford and Washington State as, as two of their last three games. This is a Washington team that had to test themselves at the end of the season. I think Penn State is as fresh as any top team has ever been. I think they're licking their chops. Uh, their offense just keeps scoring points. People have forgotten about them because they kind of went away down the stretch in the Big Ten race. Like, they never really had a chance to be in it after that loss to Ohio State, and especially after that loss to Michigan State. But this is an offense that's just put up points every single time. Since the Iowa game, which was week four, they've put up um, they've put up at least – 24 points in every game. Uh, they've put up at least 38 points in all but two. So th- this is a Penn State offense that's just uh, that that's just uh, going on all cylinders right now. And I think they're going to roll right through this Washington team. I think McSorley's going to have a great game. I think Saquon Barkley's going to have a great game. Both of those guys have just, have just turned it on down the stretch. Uh, and I think they're just rounding into form right now. So I think Penn State's going to take this one. They're angry about not really getting a chance to be in that Big Ten title hunt. A couple couple bad breaks in that Ohio State game and that Michigan State game. Maybe they go the other way. All of a sudden, Penn State's in the playoff. Now all they can do is take it out on this Washington team in the Fiesta Bowl. Amit, do you by chance have a line on this game? Um, I do. Give me give me one second and I'll find it for you. Because I'm curious. I think, I think if Penn State's a favorite, I really like Washington to cover. Uh, Penn State is two-point favorite. Uh, it's going to be real tight. That's going to be real tight. Yeah, that's that's tough. It's basically a pick 'em. So, yeah. If it well, was if it was then, Penn State by seven, would have maybe felt better about it. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe 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 not going to put money on that one if I were a betting man. Not that not that we can <laughs> yeah, betting on this podcast. Um. Anyway, next game we're talking about Orange Bowl, Wisconsin and Miami, two teams that. Uh, you know, didn't didn't play a whole lot of high level competition this year, um, but yet ended up with very good records and were in the playoff hunt all the way until the last week, um, and both lost in their conference championship games. For me, in this one, uh, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I think you know they had a pretty good performance against Ohio State, kind of made the game close in the end. Um, I think they're a better overall team than Miami, in my opinion. You know, Miami had that hype throughout the season, obviously, like kind of with the turnover chain. It was a big, it was a big show. Um, they didn't really beat anybody, and then they ended up getting crushed by Clemson in their championship game. Uh, their quarterback, Malik Rozier, has looked bad. Uh, he looked really bad in the Pittsburgh game and then didn't uh, disprove anybody against Clemson. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin in that one. I also like Wisconsin, but I haven't really taken a, uh, a pick. I haven't really picked against what I think yet, and I always, need to, I always need to remind myself to do that in bowl games because bowl games – 
you know, a lot of them really don't turn out how you think. So I am going to take Miami in this one, and I do see a path for, to a win for them. It's all about how Mark Ricks can motivate his guys. I mean, they closed the season with two pretty demoralizing losses. You know, that loss to Pitt was just a bad loss. Just get getting demolished by Clemson is just tough. But look, that's a great Clemson team. Uh, there's not a lot you can you can. I mean, there's there's obviously they 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 should have come out better and stronger in that game. But I do think this is a Miami team. Look, their defense is strong. They've had turnover luck this year. But I do think that can continue against Wisconsin. Hornybrook is prone to interceptions. Um, and I think Jonathan Taylor is going to slow down a little bit. He slowed down a little bit against Ohio State. I think that's going to continue. I do think Miami is going to be – I have a chance to come away with this one. They're going to need to create some turnovers. Uh, and I think they can do it. Wisconsin is the better team in my opinion. But if they don't get up for this one, Miami could easily sneak in there get up with a lot of energy and steal this one away from them. So I'm going to take Miami. All right. Uh, next game, Outback Bowl. Another Florida Bowl game, Michigan and South Carolina. Personally, don't have a lot to say about this one. The only thing I would say is last time these two matched up in this bowl game, I remember, was the uh, the game where Jadavian Clowney knocked oh, yeah. one of those Michigan players just into yeah. another dimension. <clears throat> that was the perfect um, highlight for the Twitter, the start of the Twitter era. It just, right. just, just everywhere. Right. Yeah, it was great. Um, I, I think... If, if I were to tune into this game, it would probably be exclusively to see them show that old highlight of the last game. This doesn't interest me much. Um, I would pick Michigan um, in this game. South Carolina kind of didn't end the season as well as they started it. Um, I, 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 a guy from my high school plays at South Carolina, so I followed them a little bit this season. And uh, he's a running back ever since he got hurt, Rico Dowdle. Um, they have actually done a lot worse since he got hurt. And so, uh, you know, I would kind of check in on them every week to check his stats and uh, not not so hot down the end of the stretch. So I, I go with Michigan in this one in a game that probably neither of these teams really wants to be playing in. Yeah, th- this is a Michigan team. People talk a lot about how they haven't beaten anybody. They're scheduled in lineups so that they could beat any like even decent teams this year. South Carolina hasn't beaten a team in the top 80 of, of the S&P or like above 80th in S&P plus since the second week of the season. So. This is a South Carolina team that hasn't that hasn't beaten a good team in the last three months, and even a they haven't even beaten an a mediocre, even a slightly below average team in three months. I don't think there's, I just don't see them winning this game. I think they're just not a very good football team. They have a lot of talent. Michigan has a lot of talent. This is my this is actually my the one I, the game I'm least looking forward to watching. Uh, I don't think it's going to be very fun. A lot of defense in this one. Look, I like defensive tackles as much as the next guy. Rashawn Gary's a beast, but uh, there, there's not a lot this game has to offer. I do think Michigan's going to take it. All right, a couple more New Year's uh, Bowls to pick before we get to the playoff. First one is the Peach Bowl, UCF taking on Auburn. UCF, of course, finished undefeated um, in that American Conference. Auburn lost in the SEC Championship game. Um in this one, I have to say, I was a big proponent of feeling that UCF should have made the playoff because they were undefeated. Um, I know that's kind of a hot take. So anyway, point being, I'll be rooting very hard for UCF uh, to prove me right in this one. However, if you saw the storyline that came out uh, where the UCF running back basically said, I don't think Auburn has ever seen speed like we have. I feel like that's just one of the dumbest things he could have possibly that's, said. Because that's not what Auburn you want plays to do. in the SEC. They've seen plenty of speed. And 
their front seven has been as dominant as any in the country so far. So specifically for a running back to say that, not very smart. Um, <laughs> I thought that was like the most interesting storyline that I, that definitely adds a bit of intrigue to this game for me. Um, I wanted to pick UCF beforehand, and now that he said that, I think that'll just kind of tick off the Auburn players, um, and I'm going to have to go with Auburn. Well, I'm rooting hard for UCF. Look, yeah, I'm also I'm also rooting a lot uh, for UCF. I think there's something to be said for Mackenzie Milton, you know, being a, a, a fast quarterback. I don't know. Look, look, this is a good UCF team. Uh, Milton, I think I think a lot of people sleep on him as a quarterback. Uh, look, the, the numbers are there. 249 for 360, 3,795 yards, 35 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Also rushed 85 times for 561 yards and seven touchdowns. Mackenzie Milton is a beast, and I think he's got a chance to carry UCF past Auburn in this one. This is a team that has just scored and scored and scored and scored. Uh, they haven't had a game this season in which they scored less than 30. They've put up more than 60 in four games, including the the the, champ, the conference championship against a good Memphis team, which they won 62 to 55. Um, they put 49 on a good South Florida team uh, that we haven't talked about yet, but that's a great team with Quinton Flowers. Um, I think this UCF team is really good, and I'd love to see them win. Auburn is a tough, tough matchup. I just have to bank that Auburn is kind of demoralized after uh, after not you know closing the season so strong and being on such a rush for those last three weeks and then not being able to get that last win that they needed to make it into the playoff. So hopefully that's true. Hopefully UCF isn't too uh, mad about Frost being gone, but that seemed like a pretty, pretty okay exit. So uh, I'm pulling hard for UCF, and I am going to pick them in this one. Mackenzie Milton, you got to have the game of your life, my guy. So hopefully he does, and hopefully the Golden Knights take this one. All right, last game before we get to the playoff, Citrus Bowl. Notre Dame taking on LSU, as Amit so eloquently put in the rundown. LSU sucks, so uh, <laughs> That's I don't a, know. And I have to LSU say, you know, is not Amit, a bad football team. That's just one of my uh, all-time takes that I – that I have about LSU football and basketball. I, I would like to counter that take. Notre Dame actually is the one that sucks. Because well, I, see, I didn't mean that. I just have a personal vendetta against LSU. I, you know, Notre Dame, uh, I don't like their fan base a lot. I just wish I didn't have to root for either of these teams, but it'll make me happy I mean, if LSU loses. I mean, the thing is, I didn't even bring that up as a joke because I, I definitely agree with that. I don't think LSU is any good. I don't think Notre Dame's a great team, but I think they're better than LSU. I think I'll take Notre Dame easily in this game, in a game that, like you guys mentioned, I don't really want to watch. <laughs> uh, look, both these teams are bad. Uh, I I mean, they're not actually bad. They would both be Northwestern. I just don't think – I don't like either of them particularly. That's actually kind of a hot take. I don't think it's that much of a hot take. They both have just a lot more, just a lot more speed and a lot more talent than Northwestern does. Um, I do think – LSU has even more talent than Notre Dame does. I believe in Coach O. Uh, not really, but I like Notre Dame. I, I think they've closed out the season very poorly. Um, I think they're primed to be beaten. I think Brian Kelly's primed for a meltdown. We haven't had one of those in a couple of weeks um, where he blames all of his players for everything wrong with, the, with, with, with his coaching style. Um, I do think LSU, they've got a pretty good front seven, a pretty solid front seven. They, they've... Uh, led by Devin White, linebacker, has 80 tackles on the year, 12 and a half tackles for loss. He's been very solid. Um, I think LSU is going to come through this one and, and knock down the Fighting Irish a peg for me. That would be phenomenal. 
I'm pulling for the Tigers. And I'm taking the Tigers. I'm, I guess I'm picking a lot of who I'm rooting for. I should probably stop doing that, but whatever. You know, got to ride with it. Got to have fun with it. Um, exactly. Exactly. Let's talk about the playoff before we go here. Yes. Obviously, that's the biggest deal right now. That's what matters the most. First playoff matchups, Clemson versus Alabama. Rematch, of course, of last year's championship game. Let's talk about that one first, Noah. Who do you think wins this one and why? I've been on this Clemson train ever since this matchup got announced. I think that Alabama is overrated. I say that every year, and most of the time I'm wrong. I think this is the year that I'm right. I, I, I think that this is an Alabama team who really hasn't played very many teams, and, and Clemson has gotten a little bit low-key lucky. That's what the advanced statistics uh, suggest, at least, to have blown out the people that they've blown out. But the fact remains, Clemson has just looked phenomenal against the good teams they've played, and Alabama really hasn't uh, for the most part. Uh, they beat. They had good wins against LSU and Mississippi State. They look good in those two games. I think those two teams are underwhelming to me. The only, the only top twenty. I think the only real top twenty. I think LSU or Mississippi State might be ranked in the top twenty by the end of the season. But the only real top twenty team they that they played, in my opinion, is Auburn, and they just got dominated on both sides of the ball in that one. And the only team that has a comparable that has a comparable. Uh, comparable talent in the trenches to Auburn is Clemson. That's the only other team in the country that has comparable talent in the trenches uh, to Auburn. So I think that this Clemson team is going to give Alabama a lot of trouble uh, up front. I am a little bit worried that Alabama's linebackers are going to come back. It was huge against Auburn that that their linebackers were pretty uh, banged up for that one. They were missing some guys, I know. Um, But I do think – I just think that Clemson has a lot – just so much size. Their defensive tackles have been phenomenal this year. I think they're going to bully Alabama, and I think they're going to win. I think they're going to they're going to make it two out of three uh, for Clemson in this in this little three year series that we that we've had of Clemson Alabama. Should be a fun one. Yeah, to be perfectly honest, in this one, I don't think it's going to be very close. I think Clemson dominates this game. Um, the scoreline may not necessarily reflect that, but I think Clemson easily wins against Alabama for all the reasons that you mentioned. I think Alabama is also just a overrated team. Um, I think Clemson wins this one for sure. Next semifinal, Oklahoma and Georgia. This one I feel like is a much more intriguing game. Uh, it will be played at the Rose Bowl. Who? What do you think about this one? This should. I mean, this should be a fun one. I Jake Fromm has been slept on a lot uh, just because there's a lot of other quarterbacks out there, especially people talk about the draft. They talk about uh, Donald. They talk about Rosen. They talk even about Allen. They talk about Mayfield. People, people have even stopped talking about Lamar Jackson, who put up a Heisman-worthy campaign this year uh, and looked phenomenal doing it. JT Barrett. There's just so many good quarterbacks that people forget about Jake Fromm. But this is a kid who's thrown 21 touchdowns and only five picks. Look, they haven't given him the ball that much to throw. This is still a run-heavy offense um, in terms of Nick Chubb uh, and Sony Michelle. Uh, those guys getting a lot of carries. But I think Fromm is the real deal. And I, I think that this Georgia team is a very – good team but Baker Mayfield is on another level right now uh, I think that's safe to say he's just been phenomenal the thing is when Georgia wins they've been blowing people out uh they like all of their games I don't think had they played a one score game this year they played one one score game this year it was against Notre Dame in the second week of the season so look this is a this is a Georgia team that either that it, it's mostly won by a lot so it's hard to pick against them uh, and I'm not going to. I thought a lot about this one. Even while I was making this pick, I still thought I was going to pick Oklahoma. This should be a, a great game. This this hopefully should be one for the ages. Um, 
between two great teams. Baker Mayfield's going to do a lot, but that George, that Oklahoma defense is going to let him down. George is going to take this one. I'm going to have to contradict you a little bit there, Noah. I think Oklahoma wins this one. Quarterback play is what it comes down to at the end of the season. You can say the Georgia quarterback is underrated all you want. Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback in the country, if you ask me. That's why he won the Heisman. Give me Oklahoma in this game to make a statement. Um, I, I really like the Sooners. They beat Ohio State, uh, and you know that that was a really, really impressive win to me this year. Um, they also just finished out the season well, obviously. I like Oklahoma in this. Um, not a whole lot more to say about that one. So the final that you have is Georgia taking on Clemson. That would be a fascinating matchup. Yep, Southern um, Battle. I would have Oklahoma versus Clemson in that one. So of your matchup, Georgia and Clemson, who do you think wins that one? I think Clemson is going to have – it's going to be an emotional game uh, against Alabama. I think they're going to expend a lot of energy in that one. I think it's going to be closer than you think. Um, and I think Georgia is going to be able to uh, to extend it. They're going to take a, they're going to take a win over Clemson. Uh, I, I think that's a crapshoot game. I, either even even if it's Oklahoma or Clemson, it's so tough to predict those games. Just two very talented teams, and both of them are imperfect. You know, we've seen this year every team has a bad loss, so it's really tough for me to say. But I do think that that Georgia is going to pull through and beat Clemson in that one. If my matchup comes to fruition, I got Georgia going all the way, raising the trophy. All right, and oof, this one's tough for me. It's a hard, it's hard, man. These are tough matchups. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think the matchup um, of Oklahoma and Clemson, which I would have in the final, I think that would be a fantastic matchup. And gosh, that one, that one's hard for me to pick again. Um, oof, I'm gonna go with Clemson just from the standpoint of experience. There, um, I know I'm contradicting myself a little bit with talking about, you know quarterbacks and yeah, such the in the Georgia matchup. I think it is. I think it is very important. Um, that being said, a big part of playing quarterback is experience. Uh, neither the Oklahoma nor Georgia quarterbacks have experience in college football playoff games. Um, Clemson does. Obviously they had a different quarterback, but uh, I think, I think for the, I think that makes a big difference for them when it comes to the final, I would take Clemson and that one to win it all. I think they've been the best team this season. Um, I had a few doubts of them after the, that Syracuse game, but, Honestly, in the past few weeks, Clemson has looked like the best team to me. I'll go with Clemson in that one. Oh, well, guys, that about wraps it up for that whole bowl segment. Thanks a lot for to both of you for taking us through all of those. Um, coming down to it, the places where you guys differ, the Pinstripe Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Peach Bowl – the Citrus Bowl, and Oklahoma, Georgia, and then your finals. So there is a lot of dissent, which is good, because it means we'll get a good old-fashioned competition. It's not like you guys picked all the same games. Uh, uh, Anecdote, Zach Wingrove and I had a tiebreaker of picking college basketball games for our fantasy football playoff matchup, and we picked seven of the games the same way. Out of ten, it came down to just three games, which was frustrating. But... That was an aside. To end this fantastic bowl week preview, we have one last thing to do. It's the ADT lock of the week. Lock your house, lock your pick. You thought we'd be done, but we're not here for one last time. Each of you get one lock out of all of these games. Um, normally, are this year against the spread. 
Normally these are against the spread, but I'm lazy, and so uh, unless you want it to be against the spread and tell me to look it up, I will. If not, you can just have it straight up. Reminder of, it's been a while since we've recorded Moving the Chains. Last time out was before conference championship weekend. Um, we had three picks. Austin Miller had Florida Atlantic at minus 17 over North Texas. Took care of business. Lane Kiffin's boys getting it done. Noah had Memphis at plus 7 at UCF. They tied in a ridiculous overtime game. And then I had USC at... Killer push. Well, they didn't tie. The, the spray, it was a push. They won, UCF won by exactly 7. And then I had USC at minus 4 over Stanford. They were up big. Stanford with a backdoor cover. So we were 1-1-1. One, one, and one. The station is 18-10-2, which is all right. It's pretty good, I think. But I would love to get to 20 wins. That means both of you guys have to go 1-0 and o this week. Can you give me your ADT lock of the week? Oh, I can. And I'm going <laughs> with the spread here. I already picked it just a moment ago on the podcast. But Notre Dame is going to beat LSU. And they're getting three points in the Citrus Bowl. So Notre Dame is plus three in that one. Let me lock that one up All right. against I love a it. way overrated LSU team. I love it. There I you know go. I'm going to do a bit. You yeah, know, I, I shouldn't be doing this. First I shouldn't be all, doing this. First of all, side note that Noah Kaufman is the all-time picker on moving the chains. I'm kind of hot. Kind of hot. I haven't lost them yet. But I, I shouldn't I shouldn't really I, – I don't. you don't want to pick hometown teams when you're gambling. But I've been looking through the lines. This line is just too juicy. All right. Northwestern favored by only seven oh, against Kentucky. Oh, no. He's going for the Cats. I think oh, I'm going to take it by more than seven. I think this, this line is an insult uh, to a Northwestern team that is demonstrably better than Kentucky. I think Northwestern takes it by more than seven. Uh, that's my lock. Well, there you I'm go. That one crossed, it crossed my mind. But Don't let me doubt. It's certainly an enticing line, I think. It's enticing. I think a lot of people, at least around Northwestern side of the program, really anyone that's been following the team all year, kind of has a feeling that this is a game Northwestern should win and win big by. I'd be surprised yeah. if this doesn't is a mean they will, though. game. But then again, as you said, doesn't mean they will. It's Northwestern football, just sports in general. You never know what will happen. And Pat Fitzgerald in the past has not been great in his bowl games. Should be a fun yeah. one. That about wraps it up for us here on Moving the Chains. Parker Johnson, thank you so much for being on. Noah Kaufman, thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure. We may have one more final podcast recapping the bowl game. If not, it was a lot of fun to do it all this year. Thanks, guys, for coming on the last one. Signs it off for Moving the Chains. And make sure, whatever you do, you're watching that bowl game. And if you can, tune in to WNUR Sports. We'll be live from Nashville should be a lot of fun 3 30 central time on friday december 29th signing off here i'm at now like the host this has been moving the chains <laughs>